Welcome to the Clear Cruise Podcast. My name is Andy Harmer and I'm delighted to welcome you to our latest episode. Uh, and this is the second episode in a series of podcasts that we recorded specifically at Sea Trade in Miami this April. Now, regular listeners to the podcast will know that the cruise industry has a track record of partnering with destinations around the world. We want to work together with local authorities, ports, and local stakeholders to balance the needs of local communities while maintaining the visitor experience that makes cruise so unique. Our partnership with Dubrovnik in Croatia is a well-known example of our collaboration with destinations destinations and has provided a model for cooperation between industry, government and local community. Elsewhere in Europe, CLEAR has embarked on new partnerships in other locations, such as Corfu and Heraklion in Greece, where we've, we've been working with local authorities to jointly fund tourism management assessments, most recently with the Global Sustainable Tourism Council. In the Western Mediterranean, CLEAR is working with leaders in the Balearic Islands. In recent weeks, cruise lines have signed a Memorandum of Understanding on Cruise Tourism in the Port of Palm. We recognise, of course, that all cruise destinations are unique and we work with governments and local authorities to identify new solutions for the specific needs of each destination. This can involve innovations such as mobile app technology or opening new visitor routes to facilitate tourism flows. What is important is that we are taking concrete action. By acting transparently and collaboratively, we want to show that the cruise industry is taking a lead to build a new model for responsible tourism. I was therefore delighted to catch up with Marie-Caroline Laurent, the Director General for CLEAR in Europe. Over breakfast at Sea Trade, we chatted about the many ways in which the cruise industry is uh, embracing sustainable tourism across Europe. It was also with great pleasure that I met uh, Rosanna Murillo, Director General of Tourism within the government of the Balearic Islands. Rosanna stopped at the Clear Booth and provided fascinating insights from the viewpoint of one of the cruise industry's most popular destinations. Enjoy. Rosanna, thank you so much for making time to talk to us. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do uh, as, for work? Well, I oversee tourism in the Balearic Islands. We have four wonderful islands, which are Mallorca, Menorca, Ibiza and Formentera. And overall, uh, we are speaking about a flow of around 14 million tourists per year. Wow. So this is um, what I try to manage. Yeah, and that's a lot of markets to look after, UK and Ireland being one of them and important for me, but different countries presumably come and visit the islands. Yes, we have uh, a different mix of visitors. Uh, obviously, UK, Ireland and Germany are the biggest uh, markets but uh, last year we had a increase in a big increase in France for example of the French market Italians in Ireland like Ibiza and Formentera the Italian market is very important yeah. and then uh, the Spanish market also we have a pretty good internal market yeah. so. so lots of different markets to worry about um, what must be interesting is how different those islands are because they're quite close together in the Mediterranean but they have their own personality. That must be quite a nice opportunity. It's, a, it's really nice to have such a diversity in yeah. four different uh, islands because you have the biggest one which is Mallorca where because it's the biggest one it allows you also to do um, um, a lot more of let's say sportive activities. Yeah like the cycling, you have longer routes that you can have in a smaller island, you sure. can have trekking, hiking, and so on. In Menorca, everything is about nature. It's, it's fantastic because you have the Cami de Cabals, which is a, um, a route circling the, the island with uh, stops in very singular oh, really? places. Yeah, wow. 
So in the past, it was done uh, by horse. Right. You can still do it by horse, but you can do it <laughs> also can by bike well. oh, and wow. you can cycle. And, and it's a wonderful route. And uh, so everything about nature and green and open spaces and, and uh, local food, you know, small pleasures yeah. with uh, uh, local products. And then you have Ibiza, where I'm going to tell you about Ibiza. Ibiza has nature, I have to say. It does. Ibiza is also for families. It's also for cycling. But uh, let's admit the big uh, strength sure. of the brand is the, uh, all the nightlife, the leisure, you know, the alegría de vivir, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, that it, Ibiza brings. So I think it's uh, also, it has its uh, public and um, obviously there's a lot of uh, people attracted to this type of, of holiday. And then Formentera is a little jewel, you know, that we have it's there. Beautiful. The very I have small, been, I've hopped over. With pristine waters, you know, el, el beaches and, and everything is so small, uh, but very authentic. So I think the important thing is that we do our best to preserve this authenticity of the territory, yeah. you know, and to conserve it in a sustainable way. And how important, ignoring cruise for a second, but tourism overall, how important is it to, to the islands? Well, it's crucial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we really couldn't survive at the moment with the industry. Industry means directly around the 25% of the GDP. Right. But uh, I'm, this is the direct impact, but the indirect impact sure. or the you know, secondary impact, yeah. it's more like the 50% of the GDP. So for us, it's crucial to, to have food tourism. You spoke a little bit about the diversity of the different islands. Presumably, that means that from a cruise perspective, you attract different cruise guests as well onto the different islands. Indeed, yes. Yeah. yes. So do you see a, a, a trend in the, you know, do you get certain types of ships visiting Menorca, bigger ships to Palma, for example, or does it vary? It varies, but the, the main thing is that we don't have the same um, capacity in the in the ports. So uh, in Formentera, for example, in La Sabina port, there are no cruise activities right. because right. they can be, sure. because it's too small. Yeah. And then uh, obviously the biggest uh, ships have to go to Palma yeah. because it's the only port where they can hold this type of ship. So you also see a difference just because of the limitations of the different ports. Right. So, and how important is cruise tourism then to the islands? You've mentioned how important tourism in general is. Is cruise is an important part of that? It's very important. It's very important. It's a different type of, of uh, tourism. It's moving a lot of um, commerce. It's moving transportation. I'm, I'm talking about the sectors that are directly sure. linked to, to that. All the touristic guides, you know, all the yeah, buses, excursions, and so on. Yeah. And also the local restaurants are benefiting directly from the cruise. I said, I would like probably that the cruise passenger is also discovering the cultural offer that the islands have to offer or, or have to, yeah. because I think this is something that will surprise a lot of people. So, but we have a lot of repeating customers, I would say, coming from cruises. Yeah. So maybe in one trip you will see, you know, the most typical places, and then the second trip and the next ones you look for small hidden secrets of the island. And presumably that's an important part of of working with the cruise lines is that you let guests experience, for example, Palma the city the first time and then take them to other places on the island to spread that economic benefit. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And also because uh, I think once you have seen Palma, it's, I mean, it's, it's a great city, it's but we have city. beautiful <laughs> cities all over the island. Yeah. You can go to Valdemosa, yeah. you can go to Sawyer, you can go to the Ya, you can, I mean, it's, there are many places to, to discover. And there are people that don't want to go to the typical places where everyone else goes. Right. They prefer a more exclusive experience. So it's probably that the first time they come, they say, take me to a place where 
people are not, I mean, not a typical place to visit. Yeah. So, uh, yes, but I think the cruise industry knows really well that it has the right partners in the destination that can advise, you know, about where are the best places to go and these hidden secrets that we have in the island. And do you find increasingly that cruise customers are looking for something different? So maybe hiring bicycles, for example, to explore and, and trying different things? That must have changed and evolved as well over the past few years. I think this is a trend that we are seeing not only in the cruise yes, industry, but also in all the touristic uh, sector. I mean, every time we have, there's a change in the demand of the customer. We see people that are uh, more conscious about the print that they live in the destination, right. about sustainability, about where are the local policies in terms of waste management, single-use plastics, treatment of water, for example, and that are starting to value the efforts that the destinations are doing in terms of having a more sustainable activity. So if I am a tourist, I want to go to a place where I know that I live a positive print right. and not a negative one. Right. And it's understood like this by the local community also. So I think it's, it's it, it, slowly but surely, yeah. it's, this is the trend and this is the, the direction to and go. And you've noticed that trend becoming more powerful. Absolutely, uh, especially after COVID. Right. Because after COVID, people didn't want to be in a crowd. They want to, to you know, have safety, safety measures. Right. And uh, they were looking for more nature, open spaces especially families, you know, because if I travel with my family, I might ask for things that I'm not asking when I'm traveling alone. Sure. It's my, 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 my feeling, no? So people that bring kids are looking for an extra layer of, of security yeah. you know, in your yeah. activities and your environment. So yes, definitely. Um, sustainability, clearly an important topic here at Sea Trade this week. Um, and presumably that needs to be a partnership between the cruise lines and the destinations and all of the other agencies. It can't just be you know, an agreement between uh, the local authorities and the cruise lines. Other businesses have to be involved as well. So is that something that, as, a, as an authority that you're looking at as well? Yes, it is. I think uh, I agree with you. It has to be a commitment of all the stakeholders. Sure. You cannot just talk to no. the cruise lines. You cannot just talk to the people that offer excursions. You cannot just talk to the taxi industry or the bus industry. No, I think this is a destination strategy yeah. and at the end the cruise line is a partner as well as the rest of the stakeholders right. so i think the difficult challenging but i think really exciting thing here is how to bring all these stakeholders you know to be part of this initiative of this strategy and you and you become partners with them because yeah. i think there needs to be a mutual understanding from both sides yeah. so i think this is the, the only way yeah it's an important message um it's obviously been a very difficult last couple of years. We won't dwell on that. But in terms of future, in terms of the opportunity ahead, how do you see that developing from a cruise perspective? I can uh, speak from a destination perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great question. I think, um, um, like the rest of the tourism industry, I think it will embrace this philosophy about being more sustainable, yeah. about also being more involved with the communities that I visit or the port cycle, because um, it's no longer ago that uh, a ship is something that comes and lives and is not leaving any positive. You know, I think it has to 
understand the different destinations. I would say there is no one size fits all. There is not, there is not. Every destination, every port is a different story. Yeah. So I think the key is to maintain these channels of communication open, the good yeah. relationship between the destination and the cruise lines, yeah. and find the best solutions for every place. And I have to say that in the Balearic Islands, I cannot, I cannot really complain. The other way around, I'm really, um, you know, um, I'm really thankful to the cruise lines for the understanding they, they are having and they have about the needs of the destination. Uh, one of the things that uh, Kelly Craighead mentioned uh, in her keynote was that around 60% of people return to a destination they visited on a cruise. So do you see much of that return tourism? Yes, we do. Especially um, the home port that we yeah, have. Yeah. The home port operation, you, you see that you have a lot of uh, repeating guests or people that are coming. Uh, why? Because sometimes, you know, they come two days before or they leave two days right. after they visit the island, they feel comfortable in the Balearics. And yeah, we see that also. That's an important part of the future. Um, I know you probably won't tell me, but do you have a favorite island out of the four? No, I cannot tell you. <laughs> because I think uh, you have, this is like the children, right? Yeah, you cannot absolutely. ask me. No, but I, I have, like I said before, I think there are four different products. Right. Yeah. And uh, you have to find, depending on what you want to do, you have to find there. But they're all wonderful, really. I consider myself privileged to live in a paradise like that. Well, and I know we spoke just before we started uh, the podcast and I was saying how much I love all of the islands that I visited. They are beautiful, so no wonder they're popular for, for tourists. Um, thank you for everything you do for the cruise industry uh, from the Balearics and thank you for taking time to talk to us. It's really a pleasure and thanks to you. Thank, thank you. you. So I've managed to grab breakfast with Mary Caroline. You are the Director General of Clear Europe. Uh, we're having coffee, so there is, there's going to be some traffic noise if you're listening. But tell us a bit about how you've started at Clear. What, what attracted you to the cruise industry? Hello Andy, nice to see you today and this morning. Indeed, there's a bit of traffic. Uh, it's great to be in Miami. Um, so yeah, I started with Clia five months ago uh, at the end of 2021 in a situation for the industry that was quite challenging. I come from the aviation sector. I've done um, transport policy for most of my life and carrière, both uh, in Brussels at European level, but also at international level with IATA. And really what attracted me to this uh, industry is the mixture of both transport policy, but also passenger experience, uh, tourism development, which also has a strong impact on local communities. And very, very early in my study at the early phase of my career, I was actually working on urban planning, regional development. Oh, wow. So this is somehow a very nice way <laughs> to uh, bring everything together. And I've been really impressed by the passion of the people in this industry and so I'm really delighted to be here in Miami today to meet all of them, uh, but also generally to work with my colleagues and members. And you're based in Brussels, uh, presumably because that's where the EU is based. Um, so, so what kind of, what's your day-to-day -day role, what kind of things do you look after? So indeed, uh, CLIA in Europe, we have our main office in Brussels. We also have colleagues uh, based in our uh, key markets like Italy, Spain, Norway, Germany, Greece. Um, but we have this kind of double role uh, where we are based in Brussels to represent all industries. 
um, to advocate for industry uh, interests with regulators at European level, uh, but also to work with the countries individually in the uh, supporting the operations, um, supporting the development of each market. So this is a very interesting place uh, for yeah. CLIA to be as we have this really daily engagement with regulators in Brussels, uh, understanding and accompanying the development of the future regulation for industry, but also managing the daily operations. Uh, and that's quite a spread of countries. Uh, do you find that the issues tend to be the same in each market? Uh, not really at no. all, no. <laughs> which is the fun of it. Right. Uh, so we see really uh, indeed, but, and, and as everybody will understand that, so in the northern countries we obviously have more of a focus on um, sustainability, environmental policy, regulation of our activities. Uh, so we work a lot with Norway, for instance, to make sure that we can adapt our operations to uh, the pristine nature of the country. Um, and make sure that we have great experience with respect to the to the local regulation and, and local rules. Um, in the south, um, in the Mediterranean, uh, we have more of, a, of an activity around, well, actually, it's not right what I've said. It's more or less the same because we see, so in the Mediterranean, we have more topics around managing tourism flows, right. um, I, I would say. But now more and more, uh, it's also around sustainability, around environment. So it's an interesting question, Andy. Actually, as I speak through it, I You've see that there's a, out of it. <laughs> there's a convergence really now more and more uh, in terms of the different topics. But presumably different types of sustainability questions come up. Actually, not really, no. because we're, what we're talking about when we talk about sustainability, it's really emissions. Yeah. Uh, so it is really making sure your vessel uh, doesn't emit uh, CO2, uh, particulate matter, um, both during the voyage and at the ports. And this is where we have this focus also on shoreside electricity because that allows you to eliminate any emission. Yeah. Um, and this is really something we see both in the north and in the, in the south of Europe as being one of the key concerns and a key element of the sustainable tourism. And, and uh, we're at Sea Trade, as we've said this week, and sustainability is clearly the big topic of, of conversation. Uh, there were some announcements this week from Clear. Um, you, you've, you've broken down the conversation on sustainability really clearly into three different uh, buckets, if you like. So tell us what they are. And maybe just before I do that, yeah. uh, Andy, uh, why is sustainability at the heart of our, of our conference this week, but actually at the heart uh, of our activities in Europe? is that, uh, and again, I don't come from this industry, I come from another transport mode, mm. uh, the specificity of cruising is that it's a leisure, it's a tourism activity. Uh, you have to demonstrate your leadership on decarbonization and environmental stewardship. Otherwise, honestly, you will have several countries uh, thinking that um, you know they could go away with cruising. So uh, it is essential for industry to be engaged, to show the way, and to demonstrate and to be the best in class uh, on this matter. So uh, in terms of how we're thinking about our sustainability, we're trying to have a holistic approach that is not just about the vessel and uh, the decarbonization or the improvement of the efficiency of the ship itself. It is, so that would be our first pillar, obviously, right. with investment in new vessels, uh, LNG propulsion, investment in alternative fuels. So LNG really just being a stepping stone towards 
um, decarbonized fuels. Yeah. Uh, this would be our first pillar. In this first pillar belongs also shoreside electricity with the capability of our vessels to connect to shoreside electricity. We've heard the numbers of 66% of our uh, fleet in CLIA members will be capable of uh, connecting to shoreside electricity within the next uh, four to five years. This is great and really uh, we are focusing on these efforts, uh, on these efforts to make this happen. This is really the first pillar that I think we've focused quite a lot over the recent years and the investments of our members demonstrated. The second pillar um, is really related to our hotel activities on board. Uh, and we see that um, all members have initiatives around recycling, waste management, um, abolition of uh, um, banning of um, single-use plastic. Yeah. Um, Many initiatives, use of lead, uh, um, energy efficient appliances, so all traditional things that hotels are doing or yeah. could do, but again, uh, based on the need of energy of the ship, um, cruise lines really have to go the extra miles, make sure that uh, they have a comprehensive thinking about the design of their interior, but also uh, the practices of the hotel and entertainment. And the last pillar is about destination. And again, we uh, cannot be fully sustainable if we don't also look at um, the sustainability of our activities when we are on shore. So that goes from uh, sustainable excursion, um, also alternative excursion, to also bring the nature and the knowledge of uh, our ecosystem to our passengers, working with the local communities, um, and making sure that when we visit, we have a sustainable approach and we do not have a negative impact on our destinations. Wow, that's quite a, that's quite a lot there. No, no, it's great. There's, there's quite a lot there. Um, picking up on, on the first point on shoreside electricity, um, we, were, we were chatting this week to uh, New South Wales port and they were talking about the investment that they've made in shoreside power. So is there that investment happening at ports and local level? We see more and more investments. Uh, I have to say that uh, based on our own assessment for uh, cruise uh, terminals, mm. we see only within uh, the next two years, only 7%, at least in Europe, 7% of our cruise terminals will be equipped which is really still a low yeah. number. However, we really recognize the ports are making the efforts and the investments. Uh, in Europe, in effect, we will have a legislation that mandates the use of shoreside electricity at K by 2030. Right. So all the ports have to make these investments. We're really working with the ports to make sure this happens, that also cruise terminals are prioritizing the investment, since again, this is extremely important for our destination to ensure that we can have access to this technology. The, um, the, uh, the, other, the other point you were making was around destination stewardship, and you, uh, there are some great examples actually where Clear has been involved. Uh, so places like Dubrovnik, where we have worked very closely locally. So give us a couple of examples like that. So in terms of the destination stewardship, this is something really we are developing. Obviously, this posed slightly during the pandemic. Um, and we are relooking uh, this year at uh, further assessment and partnership, for instance, in Greece, in uh, Heraklion and Corfu, where we've worked with GSTC. Um, to uh, do an assessment of the sustainability of the destination. Uh, we are working also closely with the Balearic authorities in Palma 
uh, to look at, again, the overall tourism management and how to better manage flows. Um, really, what we want to do is work in anticipation before the problem uh, arises. I should say, your breakfast has just arrived, but, but no, that's fine, you can carry on. Um, so, really, what, uh, what, as we are restarting with the pandemic, uh, we really would like to anticipate and work with um, and work with communities uh, to make sure that as our ships are coming back, we have a more sustainable and structured dialogue around how to welcome this ship and how to manage uh, the excursion and the visits on shore. I should I should say, by the way, well done on continuing that answer even as breakfast was being served. But um, but. The, the destination experience and that work that's happening locally, presumably the holiday makers themselves also have to buy into the fact that they they need to work uh, in a sustainable way even whilst they're on holiday. Has, and have you noticed, is there a trend that consumers are more interested in things like that? I think what we see, what's interesting uh, with our Clia latest numbers is we see uh, a younger generation coming to cruise in. And as we all know, the younger generation is much more sen sensible, sens Sensitized. Well done. To, yes. <laughs> uh, to the topic of uh, of sustainability, yeah. they are looking for experience. They are looking for um, something that will enrich enrich their their life uh, and their vision of the world. So we definitely see, and as we are trying to expand our cruise uh, activities to other new generation, this is really something we see the customer wants. Um, yeah. And, and we're talking very much about Europe. That's your remit, I guess, is Europe. Are you noticing similar things, trends across the rest of the world as well? So by extension, and, uh, and we have uh, active members also in Europe going to the Antarctic, right. uh, looking at South America. And this is really what uh, the purpose of this excursions, extensions are. It's the discovery, um, uh, seeing the nature, discovering the ecosystem, but also learning to respect it. Uh, one final question, um, which is around the fact that cruising has restarted, that we have lots more ships, the vast majority of ships are now operating. That must give you a great sense of optimism for the future. It does, it does, but also a lot of responsibility to make sure that as we are coming back, uh, as we will grow again, uh, and we have all this wonderful shipping, uh, um, put into service this year that have LNG, that have all this innovation. Um, really, it's making sure that as we come back, uh, we can work with all our partners uh, to make sure that cruising is an integral part of sustainable tourism, and we are not put aside, and that we can contribute to the development of all the countries we, we visit. A huge thank you to Mary Carolyn and Rosanna for joining me on our podcast this time. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast very soon.